Good Friday afternoon to you here in a cold and blustery Columbus, Ohio. I'm Kurt Stubbs, and you are joining us on the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. We want to thank our friends here at Anchor Podcast for allowing this to happen. Uh, We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many of your other favorite podcast listening spots. Today we are going to preview the weekends happening in Southwest Ohio, and we are going to do that with triple-double prospects, Corey Albertson, take two. I, I'm, I'm hoping I do a better job this time, Stubbs. You know, like I said, I told you on the uh, what will be forever known as the lost tape, uh, that you got to get yourself a Moro in terms of technology, but I feel like it was my fault somehow. You know what? I, I mean, I, I'm struggling. I, I do need a Morrow. I need to find somebody with a beard. Um, I, I did see a Morrow lookalike uh, at the flying to the hoop, a younger version of Morrow. I don't know if he is aspiring to to reach that status, but uh, I did see a Morrow lookalike. Well, Morrow's getting old. Morrow told me that when he films games, he doesn't sit Indian style anymore. It's a flexibility problem. So if there's a younger <laughs> – if there's a younger Moro out there, by all means, I mean, develop. This is a development game stuff. It's not a – you're not recruiting finished products. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into some of these games for Friday night. Uh, first of all, we're going to take a look at a GCL, GCL co-ed game. Uh, 14-1 Dayton CJ at 11-3 Hamilton Baden. Baden lost at Purcell. They lost by two to McNick. And uh, last week, they took a nine-point loss at Fenwick, a game we previewed. Uh, Dayton CJ currently riding an eight-game winning streak heading into tonight's game. Coach Staley has done a fantastic job with this team. I was able to see them play in a come-from-behind win over Akron Bookdale on Sunday at the flying of the hoop. Corey, uh, you've talked about this quite frequently, but this is a, this is a typical CJ team. Typical CJ team. And, uh, you know, with, with the, the GCL is known as a, as a grinded out league. You see some bigger kids. You see maybe even some slower kids. But it's starting to trend back towards playing a little faster. It doesn't mean the scoring will go way, way up. But it's playing a little faster and the teams are more guard oriented. Um, a lot of people that know me know my favorite coach is uh, was LaSalle's Dan Fleming before he retired. And he told me, he said, why, why do I want to play these big guys? They just get in the way. And uh, that's what Staley's doing at Chaminade. They're small, they're pesky, they're fiery kids. Milton Gage is really good, but they've got about four guards that can really make plays. That six-five sophomore that I like uh, got in foul trouble against Bookto, but I really liked what I saw. But uh, I think they've got enough guard play that's going to take away from Baden's strengths. They're going to pressure Baden across the floor, and they're going to wait for you to make a mistake, and they're going to capitalize on it. And Milton Gage, in particular. Didn't shoot the ball great against Bookdale, but he made all the plays at the end of the game, including the game-winning free throws and the game-winning steal right after that. So I think he'll have a big game tonight at uh, at Hamilton-Baden. Yeah, Dayton-CJ is a dangerous team in Division Two. You know, we talk a lot about Trotwood. We talk a lot about uh, Taft and Hughes. But Dayton-CJ is definitely a team uh, with their style of play, as good as Staley is uh, as a coach and a, a – guy that can get his team prepared and, and scheme, uh, they're going to be a dangerous out. Staley also big, big uh, criticized the referees guy. 
Don't forget oh, about that. Works those guys. Not it, with with if they play Trotwood in the tournament, no ref is going to want that game between him and Rocky. Or if they play Taft with Marco. But uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about like CJ's style is so different than when you look at Trotwood, Taft, Hughes. Um, I'm missing another. What are some? The Wyoming plays a closer style to them. But there's a lot of talent. Southwest Ohio Division Two is the most competitive division this year, and like the, we we talked about this before, Catholic schools in Southwest Ohio, I think in Northeast Ohio, this rings true as well. They just kind of know how to close the game out, and sometimes you'll see city league teams jump out and have that motor, and then they'll maybe give it away at the end doing something stupid. And the the GCL teams are going to be more steady, and Shaman having a lot of senior guards that have been with Staley for four years. They're going to be a tough out, and they're going to be tough out in this, you know, closing out the GCL co-ed as well as in the Division Two tournament, which, you know, everybody thinks that, that it's Taft and it's it's Trotwood, but so Hughes is in there, CJ's in there, Wyoming certainly is in there. You know, it's a really, really good um, Division Two regional right now. Well, let's stay in the uh, GCL. We'll move to the GCL South. Big uh, GCL South game tonight, Moeller 13-0. At Cincinnati, St. Xavier, 8-7, and seven, a rivalry game tonight. St. Xavier is coming off a of back-to-back wins over a uh, struggling Covington Catholic team. Shout-out Joe Fred uh, and Beaver <laughs> Creek. And uh, Moeller's last two wins uh, by 11 over Elder and then eight on Sunday against uh, Lakota East at, at Middletown. They won by eight in that contest. Uh, a little closer than some of their games have been this year. Uh, Corey, I didn't realize this, and I probably had an idea that it, it, the streak had been a little while, but I didn't realize that St. Xavier has not beat Moeller since February 17th of 2006, and that includes 26 straight wins for Moeller, something that has to be talked about down your way. Dude, I was in high school in 2006. I remember when I was a senior in 06, 07, when they played for the state final. I had a buddy from St. X that was on that team uh, that, that lost to Moeller in the state final. And actually, I'd gone to grade school with a kid from the Moeller team. So, yeah, very familiar with that rivalry. Um, Moeller just has had better players. And St. X has been an up-and-down team this year. But over the last few years, even though they've shown signs, they're progressing. They have not been a very winning program at all. And I don't expect anything to change tonight. Moore's just got too much for him. I saw St. X at the beginning of the season beat Lakota East. Um, I did not see him beat Princeton, but I know they beat Princeton. They have a couple other wins, but they've kind of taken trajectory. It's gone downwards of late. And, you know, Moore's playing, still playing well. I don't take a lot of stock in them only beating Elder at Elder by a couple points. That's the way that game's going to play. That game's not going to play in the 70s. Um, you know, Moeller plays a close game to against Lakota East on Sunday. Again, St. X had beaten Lakota East. Moeller does win that game. Um, Lakota East plays a really inspired half. They're not big Moeller fans, so they really wanted to go at those kids. And um, that, I'm sure, was an emotional game. I know a lot of people that went to that game. T.J. Petrus, uh, left line that hooped to go to that game. But Moeller, Moeller's rolling right now. Um, another tough weekend though, at St. X is always a rivalry game, and then they're going to host Springfield on Saturday. Springfield's going to throw a lot of athleticism at them. But this year's Moeller's team being being faster, being a higher scoring team, I think that Springfield doesn't have the shooting to hang with them for 32 minutes. Yeah, you mentioned the game on Saturday with Springfield, and we've talked before. 
Springfield historically has, has given Moeller a little bit of trouble. Uh, beating a lot of trouble. Couple, yeah, a lot of trouble. Beating them a couple of times. Um, you know, I think Springfield had a little bit better basketball personnel on those teams. Um, and, and so I tend to agree with you that this will be a tough, tough game for Springfield to come in to Moeller and get the W on Saturday night. Stubbs, I think that Carl Kramer and the Moeller staff probably attended graduation at Springfield when Danny Davis graduated to go on to play uh, football Wisconsin because he he did not miss shots against Moeller. He played inspired ball. And, you know, the, the difference this year, I went to the game last year where Springfield gave Moeller a test last year. And uh, the reason they gave him a test is because of that physicality and Moeller was bigger and played a bigger style where this year they're more up and down. And um, this year I just don't think Springfield has the guards. They're, they're, they're football kids who play basketball, whereas you said in the past they've had basketball players as well. And uh, I think Moeller will win. But, you know, if Springfield plays with them for a half or even three quarters, I would not be shocked at all. So let's, uh, let's move up to the G-Walk. Uh, Fairmont, Kettering Fairmont, 11 and four will take on Miamisburg, who is 10 and five. Fairmont's four losses are to Centerville by three, Kettering Alter in overtime at Springfield and by two to Lebanon. Miamisburg with a similar slate. Uh, they lost by four in overtime. They lost by five at Springfield, lost by six at Wayne, lost to Springboro, and also lost by four to Centerville. So both teams have lost close games to Centerville. Miamisburg's got a nice little quartet with Duncan Hall, Brent Hensley, Corey Hartman, and Dane Hall. Uh, they did lose their stud from last year, Jason Hubbard, who graduated and Savon O'Neill transferred to Franklin, a nice little point guard averaging about 13 a game at Franklin. Uh, Corey, you know, Miamisburg had a lot of juniors on that team, a lot of underclassmen last year. Uh, Fairmont is a team that I don't think enough people are talking about. They had a nice showing at the flying of the hoop. Right. And the funny thing about Dayton in 2019 to so the current seniors is, you know, everybody talks about Dre Gordon at Sydney, Amari Davis at Trotwood, Samari Curtis at Xenia. And there's a lot of other really good players. Um, Sean Monroe averages a ton of points over at Fairborn. And the kids who don't get mentioned are the kids from Miamisburg, um, Fairmont. And I'll give you another one, which is Centerville and even Wayne. And, and those schools have good – they don't have the high-profile Division One kids, they got good senior basketball players. And Miamisburg has that, but Miamisburg is also playing in a little lesser division in the National West, whereas um, Fairmont is in the National East with Springfield, Centerville, and Wayne. And uh, Beaver Creek was not as good this year. But Fairmont really has to play a tougher schedule. They're 11-4. They're 4-3 and three in their division whereas uh, Miamisburg is only three and four against kind of a lesser division. So I give the edge tonight to Fairmont. I really like um, Ryan Hall, his athleticism, his swagger, his toughness, his ability to be a shot maker in big games. And then Kellen Bashenik is a, is a versatile kid. Um, Friday night he scored 20 points when they knocked off Crestwood Prep out of Canada, flying to the hoop. Saturday morning, bright and early, I show up to flying to the hoop. He's at the concession stand serving me my coffee. 
Kid's a big time player, wants to be in the gym, likes to serve the coffee, part time, you know, work study kid at the next level. Um, I like I like what Fairmont has to bring. There's a lot of discussion in Dayton, really, you know, with Trotwood being Division Two, the rest of the league being Division One. You know, people think Sydney's going to probably win a sectional. People think Springfield's probably going to win a sectional. There's three sectionals. So the last one, you know, who gets it? Is it Vandalia Butler? Is it Fairborn? Is it Xenia? Is it Centerville? Is it Wayne? Is it Fairmont? Is it Miamisburg? No one really knows. Miamisburg's probably on the outside looking in, but that's going to be a really, really interesting sectional and really, really interesting seeding race as this season unwinds. And tonight's game for Fairmont is huge in that regard. Now, 20 points and then serving the coffee the next day, does that qualify as a double-double? Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, that, that's big time. If I got my coffee black, that's one thing, but I'm, I'm a big boy. I need my sugar. So, I mean, you know, he – Colin he knows what's up. He, so, he delivered. Delivered. And you talk, about, you talk about that Fairmont team, Corey, and Blair has done a great job with that team, came down from Columbus to Sales where he did a really good job getting that team to the state tournament a couple of times. Um, he's, he played these guys. He played Ryan and Kellen. As freshmen, little skinny, gangly kids, um, and they struggled a little bit, uh, but they've gotten better and better. Uh, last year, they had um, the shooter Jack. Oh, Jack, uh, the name's eluding me right now. Oh, little guy. Um, was it Hendricks? Yeah. Hendricks, yeah. So you know they lost him to graduation, but this is this is Ryan and Kellen's team, and um, they are really producing. I know they turned a lot of heads. Friday night in a game against a Crestwood prep team out of Canada who did not have their, uh, basically the reason they were supposed to be there, Elijah Fisher, a stud eighth grader, did not play in either of their two games. Take nothing away from Fairmont's big win down there. That's huge for them playing in their own arena, starting the event like the flying to the hoop off with a victory. So kudos to those guys. Also in the G-Walk, if you like points and you don't mind the cold weather, 10 and 2 Trotwood Madison tonight at 11 and 2 Sydney. Sydney's lost at Mason and by two at Fairborn. Trotwood Madison um, took an L in overtime to Wayne. And then this past Monday to close out the flight of the hoop, we're kind of run off the court by Pickering and Central. But you got two guys in this game Andre Gordon, uh, who will be going to Virginia Tech. And Amari Davis averaging 27.3 points per game, which would lead almost any conference in Ohio if it were not for Xenia's Samari Curtis. Uh, Corey, if you like points, this is probably where you want to be tonight. As long as you can get a good deal on gas stubs, you know, Sydney's up there. That whole division, Sydney, Butler, Troy, Tippecanoe. Pequa, Greenville, those, they're, they're north now. It's the edge of southwest Ohio. But, yeah, if you like points, you're going to get them. Trotwood had 138 earlier this year. Um, you know, and, and I, I wanted to talk about Trotwood. You know, you can't talk about tonight without talking about flying to the hoop. Trotwood's not accustomed to losing in-state, not accustomed to getting just beat up in-state like they did. They're used to winning that game and flying to the hoop. So I'm sure they had an intense week of practice. You know Rocky Rockhold. He doesn't mess around. <laughs> Why? No, he does. No, Why? he does not. So him and Staley probably had like a wrestling match at some point to get fired up for for tonight. They're ready to go, and uh, you know Mari's going to do his thing. He'll match up against Andre. Um, Andre can score for Sydney, but 
Trotwood has more guys around him. Uh, Sydney's had some good results, but I, I definitely, definitely like Trotwood in this game. Kind of anger game, revenge game. Um, the the cast of characters that surround Trotwood. Like I really like Sammy Anderson, junior guard. I know he's a football kid. Uh, Carl Blanton, big Justin Stevens going to Toledo for football is a monster. And uh, Malachi Mathis can shoot the ball. I mean, Trotwood just got a lot of guys. When I watched Mason beat Sydney, my concern for Sydney, that's the only time I've seen him, that's a good opponent. But my concern for Sydney is if Dre is not making shots and if a defense is really ready for Dre, Sydney can struggle to score the ball, especially in the half court. Although against Trotwood, there's really not such thing as a half court. Fairly similar to to a situation like at Xenia with Samari Curtis. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I agree with you. Trotwood really needs this. I look for Trotwood to come out and try to make a statement tonight because, you know, they, they usually get that crowd behind them down there flying to the hoop there. You know, they're a fan, a local favorite. And, um, you know, they, they got it put to them by, and you can kind of justify it at times when it's a prolific prep or somebody like that, you play really well. Maybe you get beat by 15 or 20 or a McEachern, but when it's an in-state team, um, up the road there, Pickerington Central. That's like you said, Rocky. That is not going to sit well uh, in in their backyard to get run off the floor like they did. Sydney could be in trouble tonight. I, I think I think Sydney's in trouble tonight. I, I really do. I re- and that that's but the, what Sydney's got going for him is that they might be the best Division One team in Dayton, and you're going to face Trotwood tonight, but you're not going to face them in the tournament. Absolutely. Trotwood's going to be a handful, uh, as we've mentioned before, in Division Two. Now let's let's move to a, to a conference that doesn't always get a lot of love, the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. Tonight we got 11-4 Loveland at 10-5 Walnut Hills. Loveland is 7-2 in league play, tied with West Claremont, and, Wal- and Walnut Hills is a game back. Uh, Loveland won the first meeting 71-54 behind 18 points from Matt Toyago. Is that Toyago? I think it's Toyago. I've seen Loveland play. Uh, 14 from Jalen Greaser and 11 from Brenton Faust. Corey, do you see anything different here? 16 or 17 point win the first time around. Can Walnut Hills get it done on the home boards tonight? Can they get it done? I don't know. Will it be a close game? I think so. Um, Ricardo Hill, you know, talk about a guy that doesn't want to lose. Ricardo's not trying to lose, especially at home. Um, this, is, this is the best team Loveland's had since back when I was in high school. And uh, they had the uh, – what's, what's the big boy stubs that went to uh, Indiana? Bobby uh, Capobianco. Bianco. Since they yeah. had Capobianco, they haven't had a team like this since then. They started off real hot. They you know, Maybe it simmered a little bit, but they're still having a very good year. And uh, when I watched them play against Turpin, they lost in the last minute of the game to a really, really good Turpin team. And uh, I really like Jalen Greiser. But all their kids are pretty much seniors. They've all got size. They all shoot the basketball. Their head coach is a Mason guy, came from Richard Staff. They pack line defend you. They've got length and size, going to make you make a shot. Um, they're, they're solid. They're, they want to get into their sets. I think Ricardo is going to really try and have Walnut Hills pressure, pressure, pressure to um, force them into some turnovers, make them put the ball on the floor. But it'll be a good game. Uh, Greg Felia, transfer from Roger Bacon's having a good year. I saw him a couple weeks ago with Walnut against Milford. He had some points. Uh, big Nick Smith's going to have to have a big game in the middle. He's a junior center for Walnut. I mean, Walnut's deceptively good, but they're still a little inexperienced. And this will be an interesting test. This is probably 
with the two GMC games, I'm going to one of them tonight, but one of the two GMC games, this is probably the toughest game to predict tonight. Yeah, this isn't your typical – I mean, I'm not a Cincinnati guy per se. Um, so this is not your typical Walnut Hills team. There's always usually a couple of one or two household names on the team. This is a team of kind of unknowns. And uh, we know that Ricardo is uh, is as intense and as competitive as they come. And he's done a – I think he's done a really good job of putting this team in contention to – to be in the race for that Eastern Cincinnati conference. Well, not only that stubs, it, not only are they not, this is the least talent Ricardo's had. He's been there since 12, 13 when they went to the state uh, final four. And right. this is the least he's had. Additionally, he has a junior this year, tear his ACL on a scrimmage. He's got a senior this year who played a little AAU with us with the Lakers over in July. Really, really good athlete learning basketball, but would really help the varsity um, um, CJ Curtis Johnson. And he hurts his wrist late in the football season. So he hasn't played. He's playing like two games, maybe minimal minutes. So basically you're looking at Greg Filia, Michael Grant to junior, Nick Smith we talked about, and then Ricardo's son, Ryan Hill. And then those kids have some varsity experience, but they've never all played together. And then he's playing young kids. He's playing freshmen. He's playing sophomores. So, yeah, this is a very new, young, wanted Hills team that's – probably still a year away. Ricardo's son, Ryan, and Greg Philly are the only notable seniors. But, you know, they're still in the mix in the ECC. It's wide open. You mentioned uh, West Claremont. You got Loveland. You got Walnut Hills. You got Turpin. And then their record's probably too bad to catch up. They had a rough start. But in terms of playing them late, Withrow's very dangerous as well. It's a good, it's a, it's a good league this year. All right. How about in the uh, Cincinnati Hills League tonight? We got – a couple of, well, at least one team that's kind of flying under the radar, reading at 12 and four at nine and five Indian Hill, reading one round one, 50 to 49, a really close game. What, what can you tell us about reading? I know that they, they haven't got much pub, but they're 12 and four in that CHL. I'd tell you that down here we call it Redden. Redden. Yeah, Redden. But um, no, Redding, um, they're, they're under the radar, like you said. I tell you, to be honest with you, I haven't seen them. Familiar with these kids. They played on an AAU team called the uh, either Cincinnati Ducks or the Ohio Ducks, Wardy, Oregon gear. Um, they, Brandon Ross can really shoot the basketball. They've got a good group. Um, they just beat Deer Park. And you know, I tell you, it's and, and I'm a Wyoming guy. Uh, Tim Evans is my boy. Joey Evans played for me in AAU. But Wyoming and Indian Hill are by far the two biggest schools in the CHI, by far. And it, it's fun to see Redding and, you know, people feel one way or another about Deer Park last year. But Deer Park, those are some of the smaller schools in that league. So it's fun to see those schools compete against the bigger boys in that league. And Redding's doing that this year. They knocked off Deer Park. If they knocked off Indian Hill uh, this weekend, it'll probably be the biggest two-game streak they've had since, um, you know, their state run back uh, when I was in maybe the eighth or ninth grade. Uh, they had some really 2000, good teams. Uh, 2003, I believe. They beat O.J. Mayo his freshman year in the tournament. They knocked O.J. out. Correct. Um, so they, they had good teams then. But that would probably be the last time Redding's had a team like this. So uh, I'm happy for those kids that they're doing well. They are floating under the radar. And, you know, people see Deer Park kind of licking their wounds. They lost a couple games, including one to Redding. Um, and people are saying, man, like, you know, if we get hot right now, we can finish second in the league behind Wyoming. Wyoming's probably going to win it, but, you know, we can finish second behind Wyoming, and that's a great jump from where the last 
two years, uh, last year really, it was Wyoming and Deer Park, and then everybody else doesn't even mention, even though Madeira ended up making a regional run. You know, nobody else is as good as those two teams. All right, I know this isn't a league that you uh, get to see too often, but I just wanted to mention this game. It's two, a couple of Southwest District teams, small schools, Division Four, out of the Shelby County League tonight, Fort Laramie. Nine and four uh, in a rivalry game at Jackson Center. Ten and three. These are two teams battling to stay in that Shelby County League race behind unbeaten Anna. Uh, Jackson Center won the first time around, forty to thirty-four. Fort Laramie led by is led by Eli Rosengarten, Nick Brandaway, Nathan Ratterman, and Carter Mesher. Uh, for Jackson Center, Trent Platfoot, Christopher Elchert. Calvin Winter, Aiden Riker, Jerron Reese, and Turner Esser, uh, some of your top players for Jackson Center and Fort Laramie. I tell you what, Corey Britton at Fort Laramie has done a fantastic job. Uh, last year was supposed to be the year uh, they were celebrating the 25-year anniversary of the 93 state championship team. Had the mullets and everything gone. Um, they beat Marion Local in the regular season and then lose – to Marion Local in the regional finals that halted uh, their chance at that state championship last year. And they lost a lot of seniors off that team. And he's got this team at 9-4. and four. Jackson Center always tough at 10-3. and three. Uh, This should be a good game tonight in the Shelby County League. Tubbs, I'm sorry. I haven't done my homework on this one. So hold on. <laughs> heads. We got heads for Army. Uh, we're going with Fort Laramie tonight based on the heads-tails flip. And uh, I thought that Horstman invited all the top small schools from up there to fly into the hoop. So, obviously, he didn't invite these two. That's on him. I will blame him, and I do not have any other information for you. Well, these are two of my favorites down in the uh, down in that area. I love the Shelby County League. Those are great guys, avid, avid basketball people. Uh, Fort Laramie has got – and Jackson Center both have a rich basketball tradition – um, so looking forward to seeing the result of that game. The winner of that game will um, stay in that race with Anna, who is still unbeaten. Uh, tonight in the Miami Valley Conference, a couple of games uh, that I know you'll have your eye on. CHCA uh, is at New Miami. Uh, and then Seven Hills, a team you mentioned last week, is really starting to come on. They're playing at North College Hill tonight. Let me start with Seven Hills, North College Hill. Um, that's a game that if you if you go to, you're going to see three bodies. Seven Hills senior Bryce Hill, 6'5". Um, Seven Hills junior forward Curtis Harrison, 6'6". Uh, North College Hill senior forward wing Cameron Harris, 6'6", 6'7". Three bodies that could look like they could play college division one basketball. Um, and it's going to be real, real interesting. Um to see what happens this, you know, Curtis Harrison's been hurt. Seven Hills is probably the more basketball IQ type of kids. Uh, North College Hill has the more talent. I'll give the slight edge to Seven Hills. That'll be a good game. Uh, Coach Willie Hill at Seven Hills has been successful since, you know, back when I used to play against him when he coached, he'd been there forever, had some kids go through. Bryce Hills is most talented kid. His son is a senior and really excited to see where he ends up. They're dangerous as, as they get healthy with big Curtis Harrison. Um, interested to see what they do against Cameron Harris, who has a lot of talent, but is still very raw, uh, averaging maybe 13, 15 since coming over from Fitty Town, where he played his first three years. New Miami CHGA, let's start with New Miami. Um, three juniors. I'm sorry, that's not true. Three sophomores. Three sophomores. You got 
Cousins, Jordan Robinette, Trey Robinette, and then DeAnza Duncan. And um, they're all very different. I like Jordan Robinette probably the best. Jordan can really pass the ball, great vision, can make open shots. Not a great athlete, but he really knows how to play the game. DeAnza Duncan, kind of flashy guard, small, handles the ball really well, um, can make some shots, high-scoring guy. And then Trey Robinette's more of that big, strong, burly uh, shooting guard who can who can score around the rim. And uh, those three kids are dangerous. They don't have a lot outside of that. I did see them play this year. Um, you know, very, very small school. But those three kids can put up numbers. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the small school uh, big three ball brothers. They all look like uh, Lamella. <laughs> They've got that haircut Lamella used to have, and they score a lot of points. And, you know, having the best year New Miami's had in a long time. But CHCA is still good. And we talked about CHCA last week is, you know, they're really good at football. When's it going to turn to basketball? And Junior Cole Fisher's having a great, great year this year. Um, I know he had a good football season. He's being recruited at that level. But he's become one of the – I'm trying to think. You could argue – he's definitely a first-team all-conference guy. And behind Bryce Hill at Seven Hills, he might be the best player in the conference. Uh, he certainly is in the mix. So uh, he's had a good year, and um, that's one of the games that I'm definitely excited to see who wins tonight, which is great for New Miami because, you know, they've probably never been mentioned in that. They're Division Four school and a small school conference. They've struggled, but they're doing it this year. All right, so we're going to close out today, and we're going to uh, play a little game called where, where Am I Right and Where Am I Wrong? So you don't know about this yet because I didn't send this to you, but I like what it. I did – what what I did was I ra- I uh, I ranked the top five teams in Southwest Ohio uh, in each of the four divisions, and you can tell me where I'm right and where I'm wrong, and who uh, maybe that you would slot in there and st- in in place of. Bring it on. So uh, we'll start off with um, we'll start off with Division Four, um, and, and this is this is tough because um, you know. I think a lot of these teams are similar, but here's what I went with. I went with uh, number one, I went with Cincinnati Christian. Number two, I went Legacy Christian. Three, Springfield Central Catholic. Four, Fort, Fort Laramie. And five, Jackson Center. You start to get down there in four, five, six, seven. And, it, you know, there's a there's not much separation. Okay. Um, you, said, you said Cincinnati Christian, Legacy Christian, Springfield Central Catholic. Fort Laramie and Jackson. But, okay. Those were my, those are my top five. Okay. Um, Who am I missing? I, first of all, I think like legacy is too high. Um, too and, high. Yeah, and I saw legacy. I'll tell you stuff. I saw them and they won. They were winning 56 to six at the half of the game. I saw them. The game was horrible. Good game. Yes. Yeah, big time game. Um, so um, I still don't think they're as good as some of those other teams. I think since I Christian probably again, isn't as good. Those smaller schools, rural schools probably have an advantage. I'll tell you though, what man, there aren't five teams in Southwest Ohio division four better than Gamble Montessori. Okay. There yeah, are. And you mentioned, and you mentioned them last week. There aren't. And uh, I'll tell you next year, I said next year they're going to be number one in division four down this way. But I, I think they're really dangerous. Caden Warner can really really play they play hard they're different you know being a city school with the way they play the game of basketball they're very different than those other teams but they're, they're going to beat probably three or four of those five teams 
So Corey tells me I need Gamble Montessori in my top five. So I'm going to monitor them closely over the next week or two. So let's move up to Division Three. Um, number one, I got Purcell Marion. Uh, number two, I have Dayton Stivers. Three, I've got Deer Park. Four, I've got Anna, who's currently undefeated. And five, I slipped seven hills, and I really think they're coming on. I got seven hills at five. Yeah, the, the, the only possible change there is how good is Redding. Um, you know, Red, yeah. Redding, Redding can be in that mix. They're not there yet, but they can be in that mix. Um, the other, like, Division threes, like we talked last week, you know, take a shot, summits down. Um, you know, Clark Montessori. Never, never heard of them. Never heard of them. Clark Montessori is not very good. Roger Bacon's not very good. Um, I had another one on my tongue. Schroeder's not particularly good. So I think there's a huge drop off. But um, I don't know a ton about Anna. I did see him in the state tournament last year when they had a good team in the districts. But I think there's a huge drop off between um, Purcell Marion at number one. Who'd you say was number two? I had Stivers. Stivers is a good team. I like Stivers a lot. Watched him play since I tapped to find the hoop, but there's a big drop off between Purcell and the rest. I mean, look what they did to Wyoming last Tuesday, and then look what they did to Deer Park um, on Sunday. They're not messing around. And their game against Moeller got snowed out. That'll be rescheduled, but uh, Purcell is playing really well right now. So I think the rankings are a little less important for that division, but I think you've got it with the possible exception of. Let's see what Redding does tonight. Maybe they can fight their way in there. They got to be on the cusp. Okay, so I graded out pretty well in Division Three. I'm, I'm, I've never been more proud of you. Now, now I, I think Division Two, um, the top three teams. I don't know if you're going to agree with my order, but this is what I'm looking at in Division Two right now. I've got Cincinnati Taft at number one. I know they lost at Hughes last Friday, uh, but I do have Hughes at number two. Uh, slightly above Trotwood at number three. Um, the only the question mark I kind of have with Trotwood is can they make enough outside shots? And so, so that's my question mark with them. Number four, Cincinnati, Wyoming, and number five, Dayton, CJ. That's a heck of a uh, that's a heck of a uh, five right there. That's a heck of a I, five. I think I think I mean I'm not I'm not so sure order matters um, outside of you know who do, who do you have in those one two and maybe three spots? It's but close. I, it's close. I like your order. I, I would stick. I would stick with your your exact five. It's really close. Um, man, you can see it going a lot of different ways there. Uh, Taft absolutely. Has, Taft has the small edge. You know, but again, yeah, they just lost to Hughes, um, but they rebounded nicely and beat Stivers. I, I like your order. Hughes is weird that they're so young and they're playing really well right now. Is that going to translate in tournament time? We'll see. Um, you would think it would, but then the tournament's a whole different ball game. That's where Trotwood kind of has the advantage. We talked about Chaminade having the advantage being um, veteran kids. And then Wyoming – you know, they're so different from those other teams in terms of pace, in terms of personnel. Um, Wyoming, historically, to be perfectly honest, has struggled against that style of play in the tournament, um, including losing in the first round last year to Aiken. So we'll see if Wyoming can get over the hump. You know, Joey Edmonds is a fourth-year starter, but uh, do they have enough? You know, Hughes and Taft and Trotwood, 
especially and Chaminade a little bit have more depth than than Wyoming. So I, I favor I favor Taft. I think it's really really close. Uh, and, and and Paul McMillan's going to be calling you about not having Hughes number one, and you know I'm going to I'm going to blame you. <laughs> well, let me, let me say that I was just getting ready to mention uh, Paul, uh, little Paul, and uh, you know he he's the type of kid that I've been watching little Paul for years. He it, it does not matter what the setting is, what the venue is, who he's playing against. This kid is going to get buckets. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. Uh, what type of is it? The, is it a tournament game? Is it the third game of the year? Mm-hmm. He's going to put the ball in the basket. I agree 100 percent. And the only thing I'll say about that is they're southwest Ohio. You know, I think there's a lot of pride down here in Division two and in division, you know, the smaller the division, the more likelihood that one player can really lead you all the way. And with Division two, with those five teams you named, one player is not going to be enough. Now, especially a freshman, you know, we're just being honest. He's a great player, but he's a freshman. Now, Hughes has some other kids, but I, I think those kids, you know, Hughes played five kids last year. They were all five seniors. They played the whole game. So no kid at Hughes has played significant minutes in a varsity tournament basketball game. Is that going to hurt him in sectionals now? Is it going to hurt him in districts? Maybe. Is it going to hurt him in regionals? It's absolutely a factor. Good stuff. All right, Division One, I thought was pretty challenging outside of number one. Uh, number one, no surprise, I had Moeller at number one. Um, number two, and I think this is where we may differ a little bit. I went, I went Springfield at number two because I think they can beat the rest of these teams I have below them on any given night. Uh, but I do have a team at three that I think is surging quite a bit, and that's Centerville. And then number four, I got Lakota East and five, Kettering Fairmont. I think there's a lot of teams um, that could have very easily made this list. We're, we're on different pages, my brother. Okay. Kind of like – That's, what, like that's it, what I like. That's what I kinda like. Kind of like you find the hoop. How you didn't sit with me this year. We were on different pages. We're, we're on different – bro- Band of Brothers, have man. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> I need to, right? Band of Brothers would do you – you would learn a lot of life lessons. I really think that'd be a good group. I need to make sure I catch that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you right now, if I ever go to a wrestling thing with you, we're sitting in two different sections. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, um, number one, Moeller, let's not even talk about that. Okay, um, fair. Yep. N- numbers two through five. You went with the Dayton schools plus Lakota East. I would go with – I'm seeing Lakota East versus Princeton tonight. I think Lakota East is a favorite, especially because it's at East. So I'll go with East number two. I will go with Mason. I will go with Princeton number three, Mason number four. Okay. And then Springfield number five. Oh, you know what? Springfield just beat Princeton, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm still going to go. Yeah, that was at Springfield. I'm still going to go Springfield number five. I think those those Centervilles, those Fairmonts, those Sydneys, those teams up in Dayton, I don't think have quite enough offense to compete with what East and Princeton and Mason are doing. Princeton's a little bit of a wild card and that, you know, they, they rely on some outside shooting of some guards that have been up and down. They've had some really good moments. Um, Princeton's probably the second most dangerous team. What does, does that mean that they're the second best team? No. 
Uh, East is, you know, even with Alex Mangold getting hurt, had a great, great weekend. Uh, you know, losing to Moeller, there's no moral victories, but they played really well. Um, be interested to see them tonight if they can hold off Princeton at home down a body with Mangold. But that would probably be my order. But I think, you know, Moeller's obviously one. I would give a slight edge to East at two in that GMC over Princeton, over Mason. And Oak Hills isn't top five, but Oak Hills and Hamilton are good teams. But it's it's very close, and you know the those tournament games are going to come down to the wire in that in that. But it's it's ultimately going to be you know can anybody knock off Moeller into regionals, um, and that's to be determined. All right, Corey, tell the uh, tell the listeners out there where you will be tonight. Where can we find you at tonight? Sure. So tonight I will be at the Princeton at Lakota East game, and like I said, East is still down a body with Alex Mangle, but they had a great last Friday. They blew out Mason, who's got a good team. Um, and they, you know, they competed with uh, Moeller. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight. And then tomorrow I am going to uh, either four or five games at the play-by-play classic at Wilmington. Uh, Hughes plays ISA Academy out of Cleveland. Huntington Prep plays First Love Christian. Uh, Covington Catholic, uh, Coach Joe Fred played at Notre Dame. Plays. Wayne. I didn't know that. Played the other day, believe it or not. And then uh, Xenia plays Wilmington, so it must be four games. Okay. So I'm going to those four games tomorrow – or on yeah, tomorrow on Saturday. And where can people uh, follow your work at on uh, on Twitter? Um, at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, underscore Albertson. And trust me, it's always a good follow. Uh, Corey covers a lot of Cincinnati, uh, Dayton area, basketball – he does a fantastic job, so make sure you give him a follow. Corey, we'll likely see you on down the road, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week, man. I appreciate it, Stubbs. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Morning.